Hi, I'm Susan Foch, and when I was 18 years old, I launched a national nonprofit organization out of my freshman college dorm room. Now, with almost a decade of experience under my belt, I'm here to teach you my tried and true tips and tricks for running your own nonprofit or social enterprise and how to build it from the ground up. You're listening to this podcast because you're ready to make a difference in this world. I see you, I hear you, and I'm ready to help you. Now let's make an impact together. All right, so let's get down to the nitty gritty details of a 501c3 application and why you need that status for your nonprofit. Um, First of all, it's like the big elusive, like what you need uh, to honestly be like a real nonprofit organization and pretty much anyone that you're working with, whether it's publicity, if you're filing for a grant, if you're doing anything for the nonprofit, people will want to see this status and know that you have this to make sure that you are a credible, viable organization. Also, the big uh, to-do about it is the fact that it makes you a tax-exempt status. Um, so you get the tax-exempt off when you're buying most of your things um, out at the store. Uh, you don't have to – you do have to file taxes. I'm just going to say that right now. But all you pay for it is the filing fee. You're not paying, like, into taxes, if that makes sense. And then also anyone donating to your nonprofit, that donation is now tax-exempt. So you get that – like, they can have that written off their taxes at the end of the year. But most of the time, it's just if you want to do anything in the nonprofit sphere, like moving forward, if you want a partnership, if you want anything, you need this status in order to work. Now, you don't need it if you just want to do like a fun project and be a really nice person and it's going to be a quick, simple thing that you're looking to do. But if you're looking to make a formal organization that's going to sustain you for a long time, you need this status. Now... The application, I'm just going to say this right now, up front, and I do not say this to scare you. I say this just to prepare you so you can hear it, listen to it, digest it, and just prepare yourself, okay? This application is hard. It is time-consuming. It is cumbersome. I don't say either of those two things to scare you. I'm just preparing you. This is going to be long. It's going to be really hard but you can do it. If I can do it, you can do it. I did file this, um, fill out this application and I filed it on my own. Um, honestly, it took me a long time to finish everything and get the full status. So I would say it was between like 18 and 19 when I did this. I just heard a lot of like lawyers and fancy people uh, cringe as I said that. (laughs) I will say when I went through this process, if you listen to uh, the founding story episode, episode one, I did have a little bit of help in this and the fact that uh, we, A, we used LegalZoom.com to walk us through the paperwork so I knew exactly like what I needed. It, It answered a lot of questions for it. And then I also went to all of my college professors um, in the College of Business. I went to their office hours and I asked them for any help and insight on it. And also at my college campus at the time, there was a $5 flat fee lawyer on campus. And if you paid him $5, you got like 30 minutes of his time or something. And he was in the student union. So I did go get help at little places through this while I was on my college campus at UW Oshkosh, but I didn't like formally use a lawyer. So I heard people cringe when I say that, but it all worked out. I promise. So just so we're clear about that. Now, 
The actual application, again, it is big, it is lengthy, it is scary. Um, what you'll need to do is, I would look it up per your state. Um, it is going to be the, it's going to be form 1023. There is a long version of it that's much more complicated. There is also a form 1023EZ. Um, both of these have a filing fee associated with them. Now, the long form, again, this fee varies per state. So don't quote me on this, but I would budget if you're going to do the long form, uh, maybe around like $700 to file that. If you're going to do the easy form, like $275. i am not going to dive into which one you should do because it varies by state. Um, you also will need to file for your incorporation with your state. Uh, that is how you will get your EIN number, which is the number that everyone is going to ask you for, and you will need that number on hand uh, pretty much at any given time, especially when you go into, like, let's say you're going to Walmart because you're getting supplies for something for your nonprofit and you want to get the tax exemption and take the, the sales tax off of it, uh, you need that number on hand. I have it written on like a business card that's in my wallet at all times. So I always have it on hand if I need something tax exempt when I go to the store. Um, it will also give you your IRS determination letter. So if you are ever doing anything um, like online or even in person and someone wants to see the legitimacy of your organization, they'll ask you for your IRS determination letter that will have your EIN on it. It's basic. It's just like a one sheet piece of paper that just says the IRS and the state has determined that you are in fact a 501c3 nonprofit. So there's that. Now again, so you need... To file for incorporation, you need to request that EIN, um, and mostly the, the big thing is to file Form 1023. That is, in essence, how you're going to get a 501c3 status. Um, again, it's very long. Basically, in that, a lot of things that you're going to need, it's it's all the nitty-gritty details about the nonprofit that you're looking to start. So what is the name? Who are the um, officers? Who are your board of directors? Uh, what is your mission statement? What is your vision statement? What services are you offering? What products are you offering? What uh, location are you based out of? What's your formal mailing address, email, website? Um, all of these fun things. There will be a supplemental part of the application to ask you to explain in depth uh, the reason for your nonprofit. Um, more like the really long version of your mission statement. They're going to ask basically like why this is important. What are you doing this for? You should know like why are you creating your organization that a similar organization isn't already doing. So for Operation Alone, there are, are like a million, you know, military-based nonprofits. I had to explain like why was ours different? What were we going to be offering to the world, to our community, to the military members that was different that no one else could provide? Um, have all these things really in your back pocket and make sure that you've done that hard work before you get to this application process. Um, I will have an episode coming out on how to craft a mission and vision statement. So if you want help with that, stay tuned. So anyway, so you're going to need to file form 1023 Look up the long version, look up the easy version per your state, um, and see a little bit which one is going to work better for you and for your organization moving forward. 
now. Um, so again, so that's going to be probably like your biggest chunk of change for the thousand dollars I asked you to, to flag at the beginning. Cause again, that could be up to like $700. So after that, you are going to also file a lot of paperwork. So basically what you will need in terms of paperwork, um, to start everything up will be, so get your IRS determination letter. So you also will need to draw up your articles of incorporation, your bylaws, um, have a cover letter for both of those things. And then we also have a, um, what did we do? We did a conflict of interest policy um, that we had everyone in our organization sign just kind of to protect us in the future moving forward. You will also have to file a corporate name reservation with the Department of Financial Institutions. At the time that we did this and for Wisconsin, that was $35 um, to figure out what that is now and what that is in your state as well. Bring a piece of Door County home with Door County Delivered, a service delivering local Door County products straight to your doorstep, including options to customize or gift your boxes, use them for hospitality, weddings, corporate gifts, and more. Experience the taste and charm of Door County with local products from local businesses, because when you support local, you're impacting the lives of hardworking individuals. When you support Door County Delivered, well, you're supporting Door County. For 5% off your next box, head to DoorCountyDelivered.com and use the code ONA2020, that's O-N-A 2020, and get a box of Door County delivered right to your doorstep wherever you are. So just to recap the paperwork that I just talked about. So the big thing that you're filing is form 1023, either the long one or EZ. Again, look that up per state, figure out which one is going to be best for you. And then you're also going to have to do your, um, your filing for incorporation. Then you will also need your articles of incorporation, bylaws, um, do a cover letter on both of those when you file to the Department of Financial Institutions in your state. Um, also do a conflict of interest policy, the corporate name reservation. And then the last thing we did was also um, just a formal waiver of our first meeting while we were getting our board of directors set up. So not necessary, but just throwing that out, that's also something that we did. Now... Moving forward, other things that you need in starting your nonprofit, number one, you need a bank account. Um, absolutely, 110%. Make this a separate bank account from your personal one, obviously. It can be at the same bank, just make sure it's a different, a literal separate account. You'll probably need like $50, I would say, just to start and to open up that account and keep it, keep it up. Also, I'm just going to note, please keep all of your receipts for anything that you buy for your nonprofit, pretty much ever. Um, file them, have a really beautiful, fun filing system, keep them all. You will need to keep them on hand for at least seven years. Um, this will make your life so much easier when you have to do some book balancing and um, at the end of the year when you're filing taxes and kind of balancing your budget. Um, on that note, <laughs> let's talk about that. One of the main things that you need to do in order to maintain your 501c3 status every year, like I just said, is file taxes um, and keep like refiling every year with the state to just show like, hi, I'm still here. We're still doing this very important work. Now, you will not 
you know, you're not like paying into taxes when you do that, but you do have to go in and file your taxes every year. So all we pay because we do the easy form of that because we file right now we operate under a budget of under $50,000. So we do the easy form of that. And honestly, super quick, it takes me like 15, 20 minutes to do every year. And then we just pay $35 to file, but we don't pay anything into it, if that makes sense. Um, so that's my financial bit. And then the last thing will be, um, you'll probably want a have a website. So when you buy that domain name, that's kind of the last main cost. So for costs, it's gonna be all your forms up front, get a bank account, get your website, get rocking and rolling. Now, again, you can, if you don't want to do any of the hard things I just talked about, you absolutely, if you have the money for this, you can hire a lawyer to do this. I'm sure if you do like a quick Google search of like a freelance person who files these forms for you, I'm sure you can find it. Um, just budget that cost in if that's something that you want. You also can go to certain, again, credit unions are great because they, they are nonprofits themselves. Uh, they usually have some fun tips and tricks when you're filing your stuff. Um, and then the last thing to also make sure I kind of touched on this and this will be a different episode. You will need a board of directors to start this. I believe in that application, you have to list the beginning of four people for it. So like a president, a vice president, a secretary, and a treasurer just to start. Most people do this. I definitely did it. Um, nonprofits joke about having your founding board before you get your real board, which usually is just like family and friends who kind of fill those positions. Totally fine. Again, we'll do another deep dive of what a board of directors should look like and how a stellar one is going to act. Also, I've heard nonprofits run their board of directors like a thousand different ways um, and how they kind of find those people. So you're totally fine. Uh, just kind of starting out with some really reliable friends and family that are going to be on this journey with you, but you have to name at least four people to start that. Uh, the last thing I will note for this, you do have to, there's a spot in there where you get to discuss compensation. Now, totally, totally legal for you to pay yourself for your nonprofit work. You just have to previously disclose what that amount will be with the government to stay legal. So if you decide, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pay myself a salary of $1,000 a year, $50,000, $500,000 a year, all technically legal. Ethical? Different question. We'll talk about that later. Uh, but legally, if you want to pay yourself and have this be like your full-time job, you totally can do that. That's fine. You just have to disclose that information with the government ahead of time. And you also do not take any more than what you have uh, previously set out. Operation alone never has and has no plans to change our model that no one in our organization is compensated for their work, myself included. So no one's ever taken a paycheck for the things that we do with Ona. That's just something that we decided very early on. And I am so blessed and very grateful that everyone on our team who has come on board since then uh, has agreed to that and has always understood that it's a fully volunteer position. So even right now with our two interns and everyone sitting on our team, everyone there is a complete volunteer. They are all there out of the goodness of their hearts. I could not be more grateful for every single one of them, uh, but they always know the drill before they hop on board. So 
totally a legal thing to do, but you will have to decide if that's something you ever want to have as part of your organization moving forward. If you can change your mind too, again, you just have to file that with the government. So that basically between paperwork and um, a little bit of the startup costs that it will take to have a nonprofit, um, that's it. Having a 501c3 is a very big deal. It's very important. If you don't have one and you're operating as like a charitable cause, it's totally possible, but you will run into a bunch of roadblocks just because people are very hesitant to donate, to partner with you without that magical like golden ticket into the nonprofit world. So it's something that you want. Um, that's basically my quick overview of it. If you have any other questions or you want me to do an even deeper dive, um, let me know. Uh, slide into my Instagram DMs, send me an email, um, and we can definitely talk about it more. But that was my quick down and dirty of how to do a 501c3 and get your nonprofit off the ground. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Make an Impact Podcast. If you enjoyed yourself, would you do a little rate, review, subscribe dance? And if you really enjoyed yourself, would you share this on social media so someone else could catch the impact bug? Until next time, friend, I can't wait to see what kind of impact you make on your world.